the way that I've grown a now multi-million dollar business is having the right people in the right seats and being okay that people are better than me. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. Today I am joined with another guest a guest who has been an entrepreneur for 10 years, and we dive into all of the things that she's, well, I guess not all of the things, but a lot of the lessons she's learned about building a team, building a business as she's grown. We're joined with Rhea Schwartz today. Rhea started Flirt Wax Bar, which is now called Flirt Aesthetics, when she was 23 years old. She's Over the last decade, she's grown it to being over a million dollars a year, with a team of 10. And she now teaches other beauty business owners how to grow their business with her partner, Trey. She has two babies, a 16 months and four four months old, and they live in Tampa, Florida. And we dig into things she's learned along her leadership journey, also just her journey in general to opening a very successful storefront, building a team, investing and training a team, and how she helps coach it, um, coach other entrepreneurs now in their journey. So I'm super excited to dig in with her and you get to learn all about how she's in, how personal development has helped her so much in becoming a business leader and a really successful business leader. So excited. And let me introduce you to Rhea. Hey, Rhea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with me today. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk today and add some value to your listeners. Awesome. Awesome. I know that you'll be able to share so many honest, true lessons that you've learned in this journey of entrepreneurship. So let's start out with, can you share a little bit about your background? Like a little bit about what you've done in the past, your business now, and just a quick little background. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out as an esthetician. And for those who don't know what estheticians are, they are skincare specialists, waxers, you know, they can do lash extensions and anything in the aesthetic realm. So I was a wax specialist uh, and I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I was so good at waxing. And when I, I decided I wanted to get out of New Mexico and move to Tampa, Florida, And I decided to move there and start a business literally from scratch, not knowing a single soul besides like my mom, and just start my own little business. And I was 23 at the time. I moved basically across the country and I rented a room on Craigslist in this little (laughs) office before I even got to Tampa. I had signed for it. And so when I got to Tampa and I saw this office building, it looked nothing like the pictures on Craigslist. It was the sketchiest area, well, not sketchiest area, but sketchiest building. It looked nothing like the vision I had for my business, Um, but I had already signed. So I was committed to it. So I started in this little office building. I made it as cute as I possibly could. I literally like took over, you know, even the general area where other people would 
<laughs> with it. I changed the couch. I painted it. I just took over to make it as cute as I could. And through my first year, I was able to build up a big enough clientele that after the first year, I was able to move into my first storefront location. I was at my first storefront location for one year and everything was going great. I had built it out. It was super cute, definitely matched my vision for my business. And I had just hired my first employee. I just moved really close to my storefront. I just got my first puppy. I was like 24 at the time. So, you know, big life things. And I got a letter one day from my landlord kicking me out of the storefront location that I had built out. And so I felt like I felt devastated. You know, I had just spent two years of my life, you know, my early 20s, not having fun, working every single day to build up my little business. Now I had someone I was responsible for. And now I'm getting kicked out. And if anyone has ever started a business, especially a brick and mortar, you put so much money into Mm -hmm. your location and reinvesting into the business. And so I really didn't have a lot of money to move. Um, So it was a very pivotal moment in my entrepreneurial journey where I was under chronic stress to to really decide, like, do I give up and just get a normal job and like have fun like most you know, 24 year olds and go to the beach. I hadn't been to the beach like one time since moving to Florida or do I keep going and figure it out and, you know, find a way when there didn't, it didn't feel like there was a way. And, you know, when I looked at the vision I had for my life, I just couldn't see myself working for someone. And I didn't have a family at the time. And I just thought of my future family and how I wanted my life to look and like having kids and a husband and not wanting to like ask for time off or if I had babies in the future, not wanting to like have to ask for maternity leave and just like really I knew I wanted to create a life by design. And so thankfully, I I literally found a way when there was no way. I found a location that was three times the size because if I was going to move three times in two and a half years, I was not going to move again for a long time. So I went bigger (laughs) to grow into. Uh, It was a $30,000 build out when I didn't have $30,000. And I got the landlords to pay for a majority of it. And then I just found a friend that helped me with the rest. And anyways, yeah, I I moved into this. That's amazing. That was three times the size. And we've not only been in that location now for the last eight years out of 10 years that I've been open, um, but we've also expanded. We took over, you know, the unit next door and expanded into that. And now we're actually at a point where we've outgrown that location. I have a team of 10 and it has been a wild ride and I have a lot of lessons from it for sure. Was anyone... You know, I feel like when you're 20, I think about when I was 24, I was not thinking about being a business owner. (laughs) I was definitely, you know, going to the bars. Like I just wanted to have fun. Um, And I also, I guess my dad was an entrepreneur, but I didn't think about him as an entrepreneur. Um, But I'm curious, did you have anybody in your life that was kind of an example for you of what entrepreneurship could be? Or like, how did you even know it was a thing and, and keep believing in it? 
back, you know, when you were in those like hard times? Yeah, very similar to what you said. You know, my parents own their own business, but they were artists. So they had a jewelry business. Mm. And, um, but I guess I didn't really look at them as entrepreneurs, right? I just thought, oh, they, you know, have their own business. Um, But it was more, I think, you know, when I went into the aesthetic industry, seeing, I worked for a few different people. I worked from, you know, 18 to 22, really, for other people. And I just saw one, the opportunity and like the opportunity of how much you could really make. But also I saw all the things that I thought my old bosses did wrong and what could be better. And so, you know, as we all do work for some bad bosses, some great bosses, and I had both. And so I took what I really liked from the people that I adored working for and the things that I absolutely would never do from the people that I hated working for. And I just knew, I just had this like knowing that I could make it happen. And I think really anyone can make it happen if you have a dream, you know, for a business. I think the biggest thing is perseverance. And I think, you know, being 23 and like most of my friends are out drinking and having fun, you know, just graduated college. And I was working on a business every single day, stressed out, trying to figure out how to fill my books with clients and then, you know, later hiring and figuring, you know, how to be responsible for someone else and helping them get busy. Um, I think it when you have no plan B and no one to fall back on, it, it's like you ha- you don't really have a, a choice but to be successful. And even though my mom lived in Florida, I didn't have, you know, my parents don't have a lot of money. So it wasn't like I had them to financially fall back on. If my, I moved back in with my mom, I'd still have to pay her rent even, you know, at 23. So I think just having like no other option it is really how I, I made it in the beginning. And then it was just learning how a smarter entrepreneur as I grew and had more responsibility. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I get that. Well, I don't get that because I've always, I feel like that's been a struggle for me personally is like, I feel like I sound like such a brat when I say this, but like having, having a degree in business and stuff and, and building a career in that way, I feel like oftentimes when I've tried to be an entrepreneur in the past, it was always like I was half in because I knew I could always fall back on getting a job or like doing something else. Um, and I feel like that's a crutch that I've had to overcome um, in a different way. Um, so I can, I, you know, I can see where that would be like definitely motivating. And also um, I kind of see, I have the other experience of that as well. Um, so I'm really curious, you were doing the work and I actually was just, um, I, I, I was building out a program or at least like a, a blog post about this. And so I'm really curious about your thoughts on this. Like when you, you were, you were the one doing the work and eventually I'm assuming you got so busy that you needed to hire somebody else to start doing work of some sort. Who, how did you start to let go of some of the control of, of making sure that, you know, other estheticians you hired were doing the work to your standards? And if they didn't, like, I guess, like, how did you start to learn to let go of some of that and trust the people you hired could do just as good of work as you, if not maybe better work than you? Great question. So I've always been like obsessed with successful people. (laughs) Like I love studying them. 
I will, you know, literally stalk them to a degree. And so when I first opened my business and it was just me as the business, which isn't, you know, I I hate to say it's not really a business, but it's just really you creating a job for yourself, you know, and, you know, in the early days of me having hours in between clients, I would go on my computer a lot and look at other successful waxing businesses and businesses that were, you know, own, you know, not franchises, you know, big corporate franchises, just, you know, one woman owned, but they'd have multiple locations with obviously to have multiple locations, you need, you know, you can't do all of the work. And so I just thought to myself, if, this person can have multiple locations and like, you know, eight employees per location. Who's to say I can't, you know, hire one amazing waxer and, you know, book her out solid. And I did get to a point where I was so busy and I was doing everything. And probably, you know, and anyone that starts a business goes through this stage. It's like you're, you know, the artist, right? You do either for me, it was waxing or, you know, you do the hosting or the course creation. You do the art of it. You do the marketing, you do the hiring, you do the social media. Like you literally are so many different roles. And so to grow a business, like I knew at a certain point, well, one, I was just overwhelmed and <laughs> I was burnt out and I knew there was a better way because I studied successful people. And so for me, it was actually fairly easy to let someone else in. And be, and I knew the thing is that I think where people go wrong is they hold back. You know, they hire someone and they want to be the best at everything. And I totally get that feeling because you started the business, but for your clients, you know, in my situation or customers or whoever, you know, you have in your business as a pain, you know, client, like if when you hire out, like that person has to be as good as you are. So like you have to train them almost to be like, I like to call them like my mini me's because if they, your client or customer has trust with you, how are you going to get them to go to someone else that's not as good as you, right? Like you have to, them to be just as good, if not better. And that's the only way in my belief to grow is to have a team that is as good or better than you at what they do, right? So in my case, I had waxers who were just as good as me because I didn't hold back any secrets. I made them literally like my little mini me's. And as I grew the business and we added more services, some of the services I didn't even do. And I had to hire people better than me because I didn't do it myself. And so the way that I've grown a now multi-million dollar business is having the right people in the right seats and being okay that people are better than me. My front desk team is better than me now. My manager is better than me. (laughs) My microblading artists are better than me. I would say even my waxers now are better than me because they do it more. And so I think it's just getting over the fear of not being the best and like staying in, you know, I think also like having responsibility for other people and making sure that they have, you know, good jobs and good careers that they can like live off of is really helpful because then it's not just about you. It's about your team and Mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, they excel in life. And so I think when it becomes like more than just about you, it it becomes like easy in a way because you don't want to hold back. You want everyone to have success in your business and not just you know, you automatically get success when that's the mindset. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, 
in, 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 especially in the industry that you're in, you know, you're, you're hiring someone to your business, you're training them, you're giving them the opportunity to learn and grow and, 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 and learn trade secrets, what, what have you. I think there's a fear sometimes of, oh, they're going to leave and they're going to go start their own business and they're going to take what they learned from me. There's almost like a fear of like sharing too much because this person might then go replicate what you've done and almost like steal clients or, or all of the different fear reasons, which I'm sure you've heard. Did you ever go through that? Or did you always have that mindset, like alumni mindset of like making people better because they worked for you? Yeah. So in the beginning, the fear came up for sure. And what really helped me was investing into my personal growth, into my business growth and learning how to become a better business owner. Because, you know, like a lot of people, we just start businesses because we're good at something and don't know a lot about business. So you can either learn the hard way or you can have the shortcut by investing, you know, into a person, you know, or mentor program that can teach you how to be better. So I had that fear, but I did so much personal growth work, which helped me get over the fear. And what also helps is having contracts, right? And so like having a lawyer on your team that can help like say, hey, you can have this contract in place and have your team sign it. And so it's weird, Jackie, like to be totally honest. So like I went through a phase where I had my team sign contracts and then I decided like for a few years, I thought, you know what? I'm no longer going to have new team members sign contracts because I only want people in my business who want to be here. And if you don't want to be here, I don't want the fear of leaving like to get in the way. And I'm going to make my business so amazing that if anyone left, I'm not fearful because the clients are more attached to the business than to the people. And I made the people like popular, you know, or whatever. And so- It was like all the little details in the business from the time that, you know, my motto was when someone walks in the door of my business, they would have to be absolutely crazy to go anywhere else, including if someone left. And so that was my mindset for a long time. And then then I had a family and it changed and a little bit mm-hmm. of that spirit, you know, popped in. And I think it's, it's different when you're the only one, right? Like when I was only taking care of myself. I had a little bit more risk tolerance. Now that I have a family and like everything, you know, I'm really protecting not just the business, but my family that I take care of. Um, I did implement contracts again, just for more peace of mind, because it is bigger than me now. It's it's about, you know, my kids and, and our house and my family and everything that I'm building for them ultimately. So I do think it's smart to have contracts. And I do think, you know, when I teach uh, my students, I, I absolutely say have contracts in place, you know, don't be like yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, you know, I, when I worked at Lululemon, I was there for a long time. We had this and it really rang th- like true through the culture. And it was, you know, basically people are going to leave you. Like that's part of it, right? Like you hire these people they're going to like gone are the days that people stay with you for 30 years, you know, nor do you probably want that any longer, but, um, you know, people are going to ebb and flow. And and what I mean by people is employees in and out of your business and the people who end up leaving and like 
raving fans almost, right? Just like clients who come into your, your business, like the people who leave who are raving fans of you as a business and a leadership and, and what they've learned, I feel like just then they go tell people and then you attract new people to come work in your business. Like there's no net negative of that in that regards. Now for you, I can see where people, you know, taking clients or what have you, but I think you and I both believe there's enough to go around for everybody. So, you know, that's probably not the case, but it is an interesting thing to think about. And I do think as a business owner, it's so important to try to embody that alumni alumni mindset, because if you truly invest in developing your people, when they leave, they're going to have so much respect and love and loyalty for you. The likelihood of them actually trying to like manipulate or do something that doesn't feel good is probably pretty low. Um, and I have to imagine you've probably had very little of that happen in your business as a result of how you treat your team. Is that accurate? Yeah. You know, I've, so we're coming up on 10 years, uh, February, 2023. And in the 10 years I've been open and I started, you know, hiring at nine years, you know, I've had employees since nine years. I had my longest employee for nine years and I never lost a service provider. And I am in a very high turnover industry and especially right now where um, it's so easy to open a business right now with all the salon suites and, you know, the internet and people learning how to open businesses very easy. And so the fact that I had never lost a service provider up until this year was the first year was amazing. Now there's a couple things. Um, I did lose a service provider this year that brought in about a quarter million dollars a year. And so there's a couple, a couple lessons here. One, never hire a husband and wife. I had to fire the wife. And so the husband automatically left. And I hired them back when they were dating like years ago and it worked out for a very long time. Um, but there's a couple things. One, I had a feeling it was going to come soon because I knew she wasn't a good fit anymore. I think you can outgrow each other. Like when she was there for so long and I think we had both outgrown each other. I had outgrown her. She had outgrown me and, you know, or my company and, so I had started working on a plan before it even happened. I started hiring another, you know, artist, got them trained and got them ready to go before it happened. You know, so it's really good to think in the future who might leave. And if they did leave, what am I going to do? So that was the first thing. The second thing was, you know, even with that second person, I thought, you know, going forward, what do I want to put in the business that can actually make more revenue per room, be more profitable, and isn't so reliant on the talent of someone? And so we actually replaced that revenue almost instantly with a device instead of a person. So there is a person that runs the device, but instead of being so reliant on the talent of that person, I mean, I could train anyone to use a device. And so I think it's really important, you know what you said is like, you don't keep people forever. So like, what's the game plan? Like, what would you do if, you know, this important person left or this important person left and really have that game plan in place before it happens. And so it's not so extremely stressful when it does happen. It might cause a little stress, you know, either way, but it'll be really helpful if you can automatically replace that revenue source in your business. Right. And sometimes that's an investment, right? Like you hiring that person ahead of time and training them cost you money, 
you know, it was a, it was a hard cost for how many months would you say? Did, were you, did you have two people there with like while you were training? Um, well, she was actually already, she was doing something else. So she was a wax. Got it. Okay. And then I just upgraded her to, you know, get her trained to be a microblading artist. Okay. So, Great. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge cost to me. It was a little bit of investment, but we needed it anyways. Yeah. Well, sometimes that can be an investment. And so like where I'm kind of was trying to lead you, but you didn't go there <laughs> because you didn't have to go that route. But sometimes people know somebody isn't working out in their business and they're like, I need to fire this person, but I can't fire them until I have a replacement. And I just think that's a really bad way to go about handling replacing somebody is trying to secretly hire their backfill before you have the conversation with them. Um, and so I think there's like two ways to go about it, right? One, if it's a role that, you know, you could have two of for a while, like I, that, do that. And then you're probably paying a little bit extra, but it does kind of add that buffer or it prepares for if somebody is about to leave or, you know, there might be a period where you're short staffed while you're replacing that person. Um, and so that's part of, I think, preparing for it. Obviously there's some industries like yours that you can think about other things like devices or, or other services or something like that. But um, it's tricky. It's tricky when you know somebody's not working out and you know, you have to come up with a plan for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it too is like, you know, as far as being prepared for that is like, you know, your availability, right? Like in the past I had more availability cause I didn't have kids. And so if someone left, you know, whether it be manager, front desk, whatever, wax her, I could just go replace them for a while myself. Cause I could do those roles. Now that I have two babies at home, like t- literally like a one-year-old and a five month old, um, like I don't have that availability. So for me right now in my, you know, entrepreneurial journey, it is very important that I always have backup at all times because mm-hmm. I'm not available to go in at all times. Um, so I think just looking at where you're at in life can also help. But even if something's more expensive temporarily when it comes to your team, I think team in your business is the number one investment. Like never be in- scared to invest in your team because that's something in my opinion, you will always make like at least five to 10 X return on. And the biggest thing to me is team gives you freedom, which you can't even put a price on freedom. And and that's the most important thing to me, you know, value wise, even more than, you know, financially. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, switching gears for a second. So you've had your own practice, your storefront, you know, that for quite a while. You've also rolled out, you know, a a program and in in that helps other businesses learn how to be successful. Um, when did you do that, and what kind of sparked the the desire to move more into that? you know, coach mentor role for other small businesses? Because you're, again, sharing your trade secrets, but now with other people who might, you know, be doing the exact same thing. So I'm just so interested in how you came about making that decision and when you when you did that. Yeah, so um, I had, you know, I had been investing in my own, like I said, personal growth and business growth for, gosh, a, a few years. And it was, the end of 2018, 
okay, it was the end of 2018 and I was sitting, this is like such a random story, but I was in Abu Dhabi at a personal event with Tony Robbins Platinum Partners. And I was sitting with this girl and her name is Manifestation Babe on Instagram. If you, a lot of people follow her now. And she was telling me about her business. And I thought, man, that is such a smart idea, like for her to do, you know, and without the overhead of, you know, if you have a brick and mortar, it is a lot of overhead. (laughs) And, you know, so when she's telling me about hers, I was like, man, that is just genius. And I love it. And at the same time, I had invested so much. I mean, I think at this point I had spent at least a quarter million dollars into my personal growth. And when you learn so much and like such life changing and business changing things, like you can't help but want to share it. And so she told me at the time, she's like, well, you could do that too. Like you've done something successful. Why don't you just teach it online? And I thought, I don't know, it just, it resonated so much, but I'm just not the person to just like go and start it right away. Um, I, I still had a lot of studying to do. And so what I did was I studied those who had really successful online businesses in the coaching industry. And I studied it for like almost two years. So then to 2018 to 2020 is when I launched my first program. And so, yeah, it just kind of was one of those things that, you know, I saw, especially when I started seeing other coaches in my industry that had never built a successful business. And I'm like, all right if they're teaching, like, I better get out and teach because I've at this point built a seven figure beauty business that runs itself. And I just know I can do this. I've invested so much into my growth. I have so much to share. And so right off the bat, like my first launch ever, I had, you know, a six figure launch with a hundred students. My, you know, second launch was 200 students. My third launch was 300 students. And so And through that, I've had hundreds of success stories. Like the success stories have been absolutely amazing. And I think it was because I was one of the first coaches in my industry to mix personal growth with business growth. So I start with personal growth. I start with mindset and limiting beliefs because a lot of people, you know, at least the business owners that I teach had no idea, you know, about their mindset. And so starting with that, prepares them to like go all in to like really apply the knowledge and know that they can do it. And so then I also have the strategy because I've actually done it. And um, yeah, I've had the most incredible success stories um, from my students. So that's been a really um, fun, like passion project. Like it is a business, but it's also like what really brings me joy right now. Like I love teaching. It's so fun. That's amazing. I love blending personal development into business. Um, You know, I talk about Lululemon a lot um, because that was the first time I had had the same thing. You know, I had been in recruiting in HR for a while and like had gone through my my company. My last full-time job was I laid off people for about a year and a half, which was not fun. And so I needed a break. Um, and so then I was like, I'm just going to go work at Lululemon. And it was a first time. And I was also investing in myself at that time and doing personal development. It was the first time I saw the both could be blended together in a business. And I was like, Whoa, like this is amazing. Um, and so I, I try to weave that into a lot of the stuff that I teach too, because I do think it's your work is just another aspect of you as a human and, like 
you wait for this perfect opportunity. At least if you're do if you're a personal development junkie, you're like, okay, I know how to handle somebody who's triggering me or I don't know, making something up. And then you're like, I'm going to wait for the perfect opportunity to do this. And then you forget that you're going about your day-to-day work being triggered all the time. And you're like, like you can totally bring it into your business um, as yeah. well as I think the other there's, stuff. There's a direct correlation to personal growth and business growth. I think the more you grow yourself, the more you clear old traumas and clear limiting beliefs, like your business automatically grows. It's really amazing. And like, before we hit record, we were talking about Costa Rica and, you know, how I had done a plant medicine ceremony. And I told you that my business exponentially grew after that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just, it's like 10 years of therapy in, in one night. And it's almost like you manifest easier when you clear the beliefs and patterns that don't serve you anymore as an entrepreneur. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think also just as a leader in general, like if you, if you're listening to the show and you're, you know, a leader in a, somebody else's company, I think this, the same applies a hundred percent. So we're coming up on a, on time here and I have a couple more things I just want to ask you. So the first one is, and we've kind of talked a little bit about some of this, but you know, the podcast is called, Oh shit, I'm the boss now. What? As you look back over your, you know, decade of of being an entrepreneur, what are some of those moments where you were like, oh, shit, I have to do this or like, that's me? Like, are there any moments that really stand out as like the biggies that were teaching moments? Yeah, for sure. Um, man, where do I start? <laughs> I think the biggest mistake I made in the beginning, it's weird because it was like a mistake, but also it just, for the, mo- for the most part, it worked out, but I know better now, is hiring people because you like them. Um, mm. I, I got lucky a lot of the time, but you know, even though I got lucky, it may not have been the right person in the right seat, you know? And especially when it comes to, you know, promoting within and promoting a service provider who has been very loyal for a long time automatically to manager, like that has been a huge mistake because it's not the right, it's not the right person for that job. And so that's been a huge one is like learning, like you need to put every single person through the same hiring process and like filtration process. And you got to kind of get rid of like the preconceived notions that you like someone, you know, cause they might not be a good fit. And I think, I think the hardest thing for sure has been firing. Firing is, is never fun. And it's definitely, that's been a learning process, you know, of like, how do you fire someone properly? How do you fire someone if you just know they're not a good fit, but you don't really have a solid reason or, you know, whatever the case may be firing um, has been, a very powerful lesson in all aspects, you know, too slow, um, you know, you know, learning why did you hire the wrong person? But, um, and also just the responsibility that you take on with people when you have a big team, you know, I, I really do feel like when you hire, you're responsible for people's livelihoods. And I think, um, and I don't take that lightly. And so 2020 was hard, you know, thankfully I'm in Florida and we only had to shut down for, you know, seven or eight weeks. But even that I felt so responsible for everyone, you know, and their livelihoods. And like, what do you do in that situation? 
And so thankfully, you know, we got a PPP loan, but that wasn't until like, basically we reopened again. So those have all been um, learning moments for sure. But ultimately, um, I think you always, it just makes you a better person. You know, everything's there to teach you, to make you a better person, better entrepreneur. And I think the best learning tool is having a team. (laughs) Nothing will teach you more than that. I would agree. I would agree. And I think you've hit on something that is just, I don't know if it's my saying or what, but I think so many people complain about bosses and complain about business owners, like if as employees, right? Like you can go on LinkedIn at any day and see people just roasting all of the bad bosses that are out there. And I think, you know, you obviously care a lot about being a good one. And I think there's the majority want to be good bosses. They just don't know how and they're learning. And I think, you know, we got to give everyone grace to figure out the leadership journey and and all of that stuff. And so thank you for being somebody who cares about being a good leader and a good boss. And I think, you know, as a, I wouldn't say you're a small business owner, but you do employ a fairly small amount of people, but you have such a huge ripple effect on their lives. And, you know, when they have a good place to work, it just like ripples out into so many things. And then thank you also for creating this coaching program to help other people learn that as well. So share with listeners, you know, if you're listening to the show and you are, you know, a beauty provider that wants to grow your business, or maybe you want to start a business, or maybe you, we all know amazing, you know, we all have amazing people in our lives um, that we could refer you, your coaching to. So can you share how listeners can follow you and learn from you and learn more about your programs? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at bosses underscore in underscore beauty. You know, the red regular bosses and beauty was taken. So I had to add the underscore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have a signature program. It's an eight week program and it only launches or opens for enrollment one time per year. And it's opening at the end of February for enrollment. And it is called the six figure beauty business blueprint. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, go follow Rhea. Even if you are not building a beauty business, follow her because there's lessons you'll learn along the way. Um, and Rhea, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing, sharing your lessons. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll chat with you soon. If you're over there wondering, oh shit. I don't know where to start with building a team or how to hire. I've got you covered. I created a course specifically so you can learn everything I've learned and continue to invest time in improving about setting up your hiring machine. You can enroll and start today at hiringschool.com. P.S. This is the process leading startups are using to scale their teams and we're teaching it to you.